This week, we want to talk about something that is uh, very controversial in, in the sense that it's been redefined over the past 20 years. And being a church kid, myself raised in church, parents, pastors, they drugged us, you know, drugged us to Bible study, drugged us to, to choir rehearsal, drug us to intercessory prayer, dr they drug us to everything. And uh, I mean, I promise we went to church seven days a week. It was crazy. And not just one church, everybody church. And so uh, if there was a revival, we were there. And uh, we had to respond to the call. All right. And, uh, and so, but over, I've watched just since I've come to the Lord since uh, July 4th, 2002, I've watched the deterioration of what church really is. And um, I can remember uh, back in the day when I had two 12s in the trunk of my 1994 Cougar sitting on some nice tires. Had a nice little bump to it, you know what I'm saying? Bumping a little Marvin Gaye, you know? And I remember bumping the little bone thugs and harmony, <laughs> riding past, going down the road, and there's a church coming up. But then when we would come to the church, you, you, you turn that music down, like God didn't hear you coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there was a reverence. For the house of God. I, I remember, um, you know, you had your sipping saints, you know. Hey, it's all good. But they, the pastor would show up, and they'll have their red Dixie cup full of whatever their choice of drink was that day. But when the pastor come, what they do with the cup? Like I didn't see you drinking when I was walking up. As a matter of fact, I'm just trying to find out what was in the car. I mean, I just, <laughs> but there was a reverence for the things of God. Well, now, since COVID, we've had a catastrophe and we've suffered many casualties to the COVID pandemic. And the casualties are those who said, we no longer need the church. But it was because they didn't understand what the church really was. And so a lot of people are like, I don't know if I would ever go to church again. And so, which shameless plug, those are, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, put your hands together for Anchor Online family. I am so sorry. Pastor loves you. I'm serious. I do. I did not forget about you. But uh, yeah, anyway, you're my peeps. But um, so they're like, because we live in an information age, they feel like they can find church anywhere because it was a place that I went to, not something that I was. Let me say that again. <laughs> During COVID, we were like, oh, man, I can go to church online. Because it was a destination, 
not something that I'm a part of. It was an organization, not an organism. And so we've suffered a lot of COVID casualties and the percentage of church attendance have declined since COVID. And so I, I want to frame church correctly today. And if you can put on your learner's hat and uh, buckle up, get your notes out. Let's take a little notes. Uh, one of the famous church scriptures talking about church. You can't preach about the church without reading this scripture. It is Matthew 16, 13 through 19, 13 through 19. And it says this, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. If you don't, um, shame on you, but it's on the screen. And when I say shame on you, it's on your phone, literally, like literally it's on your phone. But it starts off this. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And uh, it says, well, they replied. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. The others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. <clears throat> then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Notice that they gave a description of some, but none of them gave a personal account of who he was. Because sometimes we're, we're more apt to listen to what other people say and never develop our own personal rep, uh, relationship. Okay. And so now he says, but what does your relationship reveal to you? And so Simon Peter answered, and I know we give a lot, Simon Peter a lot of credit, but being a, a student of the Bible and a Bible teacher, I want to frame this correctly. The reason Simon spoke up was because he was speaking what they had discussed privately. It's not because he's the only one that realized this, okay? Can I help you? All right? And so Simon Peter answered, he says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I bet you it was like, <laughs> I got it. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, uh, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter or Petrus, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not what? And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth or bind on earth will be forbidden in heaven or bind in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth or, or you loose on earth will be loosed or permitted in heaven. I don't know about you, but that scripture is action packed and full of power. So when Jesus is talking to Peter in this particular narrative, he's setting up the scene for his bride, the church. He's setting up the church and he uses this word church. Now, when he's speaking to Peter, other people are looking in from the peripheral. And in the Greek language, there were multiple words that this church, this word church could have been. And so being the fact that he used the word rock, um, a lot of us instantaneously, even in our culture, because church is a place we go. It's not something we are. We instantly think of the location. 
right? We think of locale. So we say, oh, there's a church on that corner. There's a church on that corner. There's a church on that corner. But, and then we come in and then the pastor get up and say, do I have a church in the place? Okay, so if I was going to church, but I'm asking, do I have a church in this place? Church was there before I got there. So why are you asking me, do I have a church in the place? It's because it, it's, it's, it's dual in meaning. There's a word, kirkaron, that the Greeks used to describe the actual facility, the meeting place, the place that you go to, the brick and mortar. It, 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 is, it is right here where we are right now uh, at, at our location where Anchor Chapel is. But Jesus was not using that word. He was using the word ecclesia, which defined people or the persons that occupied the kirkaron. All right? Are the building. One of the most used words in modern Christianity is the word church. We have phrases like going to church. Church was great today. Let us go be the church. And we are the church. Though these phrases, uh, we can see how through these phrases, we can see how the church can be confusing because in one sense, I'm going in another sense. I am in one sense. It was great. Uh, but in the other sense, I'm not feeling great. So if it was great and I am, how could church have been great? See how confusing it gets. And some of you been coming to church and really don't understand what that means. So I want to help you out. Okay. And so, um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer says this in a book, the cost of discipleship statement. He says, the temple of God is the holy people of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ is the living temple of God and of the new humanity. Think about that. The temple of God is the body of Christ. Say body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, an accumulation. We are the island of the misfit toys. Christmas is coming up. That's what we are. We're a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood, chosen. We, we are supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different. And when we come together, we're like the, the Voltron, the mighty morphin power rangers. We're like the Avengers on that scene in the first one. They're standing back to the back. Boop, 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 boop. Hawk is, ah, Captain America got his shield. You know, Hawkeye pulling out. I don't know how he get all these arrows. All these arrows. You got the Black Widow with the thing. You got, I mean, you got this epic scene in the Avengers where they're standing together. And, 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 and that scene was set up to show that together they can take on something that is greater than them. And so as the body of Christ, when we come into this place today, one can chase a thousand. Two can chase. Come on. Three can chase. 100,000, am I right? Come on, Kevin, you the math guy. I need your help. Four can chase a million or 10 million. I don't know how that goes, but it begins to get big numbers. But when we come together, there is something that the devil and the kingdom of darkness does not like. And so that's why he fight us coming together. You can worship God by yourself, but it's something about when we get together. 
something about when we come together in a care Quran or a building that ignites something that didn't exist when I was all alone. Because I don't know about you, when I have a headache, I can't pray for myself. I need somebody to lay hands on me. Because uh, my head hurts. I need somebody else. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14 says this, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are what? Though the members of the body are many, they are. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, we are baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks. <laughs> Caucasians or African Americans, <laughs> Asians or Hispanic, slaves are free. We all were made to drink of Republicans, Democrats, come on, independent. We were donkey and the elephant. We were all to partake of the lamb. Come on, it doesn't matter. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. We have had a had been presented a bad a, of 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 bad representation of the church, and the purpose of her existence. We have presented a bad representation of the church and the purpose of her existence I know you noticed the choice of the pronoun her why is that 2 Corinthians 11 2 says this for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself I promise you as a pure bride to one husband Christ I don't care how our government has redefined marriage. It's still between one man and one woman, and only the woman can be a bride. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's not popular. I might get canceled. I see my Instagram followers going down right now. I don't care. I believe in the word of God and it's true. And so, and our husband is Christ. So when we come together, we form this big mega bride. All right. Because of the misrepresentation of the church, people have said they love Jesus, but they despise his bride. I double dog dare you to talk about Tashanti in front of me. Every ounce of 5416 Oakland, Glen Oaks, Louisiana, going to come out. It's just going to I, I dare. Ooh, we I dare. Try. Try. Try Jesus. But don't try me. Because I like to fight. Listen, 
How can you say you love Pastor Pitts? I love you. You're an amazing pastor. Man, I love the way you embrace me. I love the way that you make the scriptures uh, attainable to where I can understand it. But man, that's Ashanti. You're going to be kissing the back of your neck. Because that's where your lips going to be. <laughs> like, bloop, like Daffy Duck. <laughs> but when you say, I'm a lover of Jesus, but that church thing I can't get with. How can you love Jesus but hate what he's married to? Do you hear me online? You cannot, def mm, you cannot separate yourself from who you're supposed to be or being prepared for and say, I love you. Wow. That's like me telling my, my, my wife saying, hey, baby, I'm married to you, but I'm hanging out with him. In that context, that sounds silly, doesn't it? But do you know how often in our culture that is happening? Some of you probably can start naming people right now. I love your God, but it's just that church thing. I can't get with the church. I didn't. I, is the church perfect? No. Especially this one. God, help us. Help us, Lord. We try to figure it out. Y'all to sit at our staff. I mean, y'all be like, y'all don't have a clue. But we're working on it. We're going to get it together, y'all. We're going to get it together. Thank God for we'll see Jesus one day. <laughs> Look at this statement. You cannot truly love Jesus and hate who he's married to. Ecclesia. I brought that word up early. You'll probably never use it ever again in your life. But in a general Greek language, it, it just simply means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into a public place and assembly. In the general sense. So in the Greek language, they use this all the time. I, I mean, uh, Plato had an ecclesia. I mean, and, and they gathered and they studied and they came together. It was any group of people who were called out to a general place of assembly to gather. And it became a citizen of that particular gathering. So it, it is not technically just a church churchy christendom christianese word it is a word that just means something that's why we say we can go to church because it's just something that's why you have church of scientology you have the church of satan yeah i mean you know we have all these different places that are called churches because in a general sense it is just a place of assembly but i want to give you what we mean when we say church, ecclesia, it represents the body of Christ worldwide over which the Lord functions as the head. So when we say church, we mean something totally different than just a place. It is the body of Christ. Somebody say people, people. that uh, is worldwide. So there is a word we use now in our terminology, and I'm about to mess, especially in Louisiana, this is not popular, the word Catholic. So people ask me, I, I, I talk to Catholic people, and I go, and they be like, I'm Catholic. I go, me too. And I go, wait a second, I thought you just said you was non-denominational. 
I said, well, in the true sense of the word Catholic, that just means universal. And it's, it represents the church worldwide. I'm not saying I'm a part of the denomination, which only comes in a division. Come on. But I'm a part of the universal church, which means uh, I'm a part of the underground church in China. Come on. I'm a part of the hurting people in the hills of Honduras. I'm a part of the people that are struggling in, in, in poor uh, Swaziland, the kingdom of Eswatini. I'm a part of the struggling people in, in, in Nigeria. The people are struggling in Haiti. I'm a part of the church worldwide. Why? Because he is Lord over them all. See, a lot of us want a savior, but we don't want a Lord. So that way we can separate ourselves from what he's Lord over. Come on, are you with me? Yes. Called out ones is derived from the compound nature of the word ecclesia. The word ecclesia breaks down into two, into two Greek words. And y'all, this just, anyway, stuff they make us learn in school. It, ecclesia, ecclesia is derived from the Septuagint kaleo, which means to call out to, and it's, it's the same thing. Who likes Bruce Lee? I love Bruce Lee. Who's old enough to remember Kung Fu Theater? Y'all didn't watch Kung Fu Theater? Oh, I, my man. Hey, I, hey, y'all remember that on Sunday? <laughs> Die. You. Tiger. Flying lizard. <laughs> bro, I swear after watching that, bro, we thought we could do it all, right, JP? We was like, I call forth the tiger. We literally made kung fu movies. We had a camera and all of us had our own feature film. <laughs> My special move was a backflip into a roundhouse kick. That was my special, that was my finishing move. But, <laughs> he is Lord of all. Y'all won't see me do that. <laughs> Where's Jeremy and Lacey? <laughs> Get ready. I have an appointment tomorrow <laughs> with my therapist. But anyway, um, but it's the call out. It's the same. So whenever Bruce Lee was about to strike, what would he do? Make the Bruce Lee noise. Y'all know it. Yeah! And then yeah! I like water. You know, that, that, that's Bruce Lee, right? Well, the word kaleo is that same thing. And so the shortest scripture in the Bible that everyone knows, Jesus wept. Kaleo, it wasn't a, a sorrowful cry. It was a, a building up of, for a strike. It was like, ah! And that call is the clarion call for all of us. Ecclesia, it's a call 
from the Lord to gather. That's why it says in, in Revelation, it tells us that when the Eastern, we're going to hear a trumpet sound, the Eastern sky is going to part, Jesus is going to come back. Do you know what the trumpet sound signifies? It signifies a call for all of us to give him our attention. He's been calling us since the beginning. Adam, where are you? Moses, go let my people go. Abraham, come out from amongst your people. David, you're the next king. Come on. Judges, go judge the nation. Kings, lead the nation. Malachi, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Jonah, prophesy. And then finally he said, since y'all don't want to trust them, Jesus, you're up. And Jesus calls us from the place called Golgotha, the cross. And he calls us together to be the church. So what is the church not? All right. The church is not just the building. I promise you, y'all leave here. And if if I ever walk away from the Lord, which will never happen because I'm afraid of him. But a club owner decided to buy this building and they changed the sign out front. For all my people to club rags or something like that. (laughs) Guess what this building becomes? A club. Guess what happens when we turn the lights out in here? There is no light ball floating around going, kill all the lights. Just, Just kill all of them right now. Even these right here. Just right here. What the Holy Ghost said. I thought he would have been floating around in here. Y'all see him? There he is. I'm just playing. Y'all can turn the lights off. But, but no, when I turn the lights off in this building, it's just a building. It sit here for almost three years empty. And people was like, that's a church. No, it's not. That's a building. It almost was a daycare. But when God spoke to us as a leadership and said, occupy the building, it became his church. Does that make sense? All right. When I see a house, it's a beautiful house. But until I move into it, it's nobody's home. Are you following me? And so when we say church, we're talking about the people that occupy the space. It's not just the building. The second thing is the church is not just a place for you to come get your emotional fix. I know a bunch of counselors out there. I know a whole bunch of them. You can go sit on that sofa, lay down, hang out with them. They'll talk to you. They'll fix fix you emotionally. You know, they'll get you straight. Emotion, you know, some people, if uh, uh, let's say I come this Sunday and uh, I do I do do this sometimes. Y'all hadn't experienced it yet. Uh, and I talk a little slow. I may have a little easel up in. I may write some stuff and teach and just teach a class and just walk. I can't do that too, y'all. I just want you to know I just hadn't done it yet because it's not a season for that. But um, 
And I just teach and I talk and I walk through just verse by verse and, and just walk through some things and talk slow. And, and the worship team may come up here and we may not have a drummer, maybe just a guitar player and somebody singing. And then somebody, then they're going to leave church and go, oh, I ain't feel that. It's because you came for an emotional fix. Most people <laughs> it's fine. Most people when they get into worship and they look like they're worshiping good, you'll see me standing in the corner and sometimes I'll turn around and I'll fold my arms and I'll just look over the congregation because I want to see who's touching God's heart and not just feeling the beat. That's why we have favorite genre of Christian songs. And y'all, I could worship, I could worship to some Ave Maria. And, and I could worship, not to that rap stuff. I, I, I'm trying. Y'all, I'm going to get there one day. Pray for me. I just, I, I'm old. I realize I'm old. I call it that boom ba boom music, you know, like. <laughs> play that, play that boom ba boom music. No, I'm good. But it's not for an emotional fix. The next one is not just an organization. The church is not just, although we have organization, we're not just an organization. We have to have organization because of the, the times that we live in without organization. Thank God for Pastor Kevin and his leadership handling, uh, I'm serious, like handling our organizational side, making sure everything is line up on line, precept on precept. We're legally taken care of, that things can handle. Because me, I don't think about that stuff all the time. Man, I was about to do something that get us all in trouble this past week. Kevin was like, we can't do that, man. We're going to get us sued. Man, what's wrong with you? I'm like, but I love people. He's like, but we can't do that legally. Stop. It's going to cost us money. And people, people, people. But we have to have organization. And so most people get offended because the church is organized and they use that to rebel against God. Oh, the church is organized. Why they pay salaries? Why they, why they got to have, have money coming in? Because you like lights and AC. Let us turn this AC off. Let us turn the heat off on you when it really get cold. We're going to see how much organization you wish we had. You were like, man, that church is not organized. What if we all just came in here? And, and that's why Paul talked to the church at Corinth because they got the spiritual gift and the evidence of speaking in tongues. And all of them just started speaking in tongues and going crazy. And Paul was like, sit down and shut up. <laughs> Pits to rise. It doesn't say that in the Bible. But that's what he was essentially saying. He was like, Y'all sit down. You sit here. You sit there. You sit there. You sit there. And, and, and it was like, women sit in the balcony. And they were like, why you want the women to sit in the balcony? He told them to be quiet. It's because the women like to talk to their husband like, bye. Did you hear what the pastor said? It had nothing to do with women being lesser. All right. Check your historical context. It wasn't that they did not like women. It was just that they were feeling it. You know, men, 
whoever sit next to their wife in service and the pastor say something, y'all know how they be looking at you like, <laughs> him talking straight to you. <laughs> so Paul's like, sit up there. We're going to build a balcony. We're going to put the men up there. Love y'all, ladies. Online, are you with me? And lastly, it's not just a place to sit. Team, y'all can come on up. Team, come on up. It's not just a place to sit. We use church as a place to spectate. And now we've become hesitant to participate. Because we're so consumer-driven, um, Anchor Online, I love you. And some of you just can't make it whenever or wherever you're watching this. I love you. You are part of Anchor. And thank you for your faithfulness. Y'all give, y'all view faithfully and everything. But some people use that as a crutch. And so they don't have to be a part of being the hands and feet of Jesus. So they don't have to be a part of the serve projects and the serve initiatives and, and come in and help love on people. And that's because there's a misconception at church that all the power stands on, on the stage. But the answer to your prayer could be sitting right next to you. Most of the time it is sitting right next to you. And what if that person chose not to show up? Elisha! Elijah, go down. You're going to find a man in the field. Throw your cloak on him. He's going to be the one. What if Elijah wouldn't have showed up to work that day? What if, what if you skipping out on church caused somebody their life? What if my thumb decide not to show up tomorrow? They call that a, de a body deficiency, deficiency that they use the term handicap. When the body isn't functioning correctly because it's missing something. And when you don't think of the church as a place that you can participate, you're handicapping the body. So what is the church? The church is, is, number one, a place for God's spirit to dwell. Touch yourself and say, his spirit's in me. Say, it's in me. So when people say, Did the Holy, was the Holy Spirit at church? I go, absolutely. Why? Because you were here. He no, long, he no longer want to dwell in, in, uh, in shameless plug. We're, we're, we're kicking off a series at the beginning of the year. Don't miss it. It calls I go slash through the word. It goes, I go to church, but we slash through the word go, and we put I am the church. And we're going to talk about what it is to really, I'm a, it's a deeper dive into this. I was riding to church this morning. Ladies all get out. God, forgive me. <laughs> It's a place for God's spirit 
to dwell. They had the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and they moved. And wherever they moved, they had to carry the ark of the covenant in it, and they moved it. Why? Because God needed a place to dwell. There was a song uh, a friend of mine, Leon Temple Singh, calls resting places. Heaven is my home, earth is my footstool, but where is the house that you've built for me? That's God's question. Where's the house you built for me? He says, whom of you will hear the cry of my heart? He's speaking on the heart of God. Whom of you will hear the cry of my heart? And he said, where will my resting place be? And then in a part of the song, he said, it's here, O Lord. Have I made a place for you? How many of you say, it's here, O Lord. I made a place for you to dwell. I am the church. I will be the church. It's not just the place I go to, but it is who I am. It's not, look, the church is a place, not for an emotional fix, but it is for a spiritual fix. James said, if there's any sick among you, let them call forth the elders of the church. And they'll pray for you. Call forth the elders of the church. Is that a building? No. Why? Because it's us. All my elders wave at me. We got some elders in here. Amazing elders. They be chomping at the bits to lay hands on folk. But it's for you. The church is not an organization, but the church, the church is an organism. It's alive. Don't let culture lie to you and tell you it's dead. The church is alive. The church is alive. The church is alive and is well and is healthy. And as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will preach this gospel. Look, I don't care. I woke up this morning, my throat was closed shut. And I was like, Lord, oh my gosh, I got to preach today. I know you're selfish, God. You'll let me preach. And then after I lose my voice, it's all good. but the church is alive and the last thing the place the church is a place to serve Galatians 6:10 says this so then as we have an opportunity let us do good to everyone especially to those of the household of faith we have this opportunity serving is not a burden it's an opportunity it is an op- say opportunity You should look for opportunities to lend your hand to people. To say, God, here am I. Send me. Lord, let me be the one that calls someone to experience the love of your heart in this generation of broken people who don't know you. Let me have the heart that has your heart that's like anchor. That's why, number two, we say we love compassionately. Because, God, I have to give you my hands because you gave me your heart. And so we serve others. I love serving others. I love being there for you. Come on, everyone, stand to your feet. When we put the church in proper context, the importance of the church in our culture changes. Matthew 5, 14, here it is. This is a powerful scripture. It says, your lives light up the world. How can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who could light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? 
Instead, it's place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give praise to who? And then they will give praise to who? And then they will give praise to who? He's talking about us doing what he called us to do as the corporate body to where God can get the glory. I don't know about you, but as I drive around and as I look at social media, God can use some more glory in our culture. Who wants to give God the glory? Now what? Now do you see why the writer says, don't forsake yourself assembling together as some do, even as that dreadful day nears. I need you. I'll say it again. Y'all wonder why I sat out there and hug all y'all. It's not just for you, it's for me too. I need you. This world needs us. It needs us to be together. It needs us to be the ecclesia governed by the Lord worldwide. Red and yellow, black and white, and green since they think aliens are coming. They may be green or pink or flesh, I don't know, clear, translucent, whatever they are. <coughs> but guys, hear me out. How many of you today make a commitment to be the church? Show of hands, make a commitment to be the church. Amen. Come on, let's pray and thank God for the opportunity. Father, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to be the living, breathing organism called the church. Father, let us change lives. Let us let us bring people closer to you. Father, you said in Romans, how beautiful are the feet of those who brings good news about good things. But God, let me back up a little bit. You said, how would they hear unless someone is preaching? And how would they go unless they are sent? And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news about good things. And God, we declare today that we will be the church. Father, whether it's in an anchor group, whether it be in Walmart, whether it be in a fruit stand, whether it be in a liquor store, it don't matter, God, we will be the church. And Father, the world will be changed and the earth shall be filled with your glory in Jesus name amen come on give God some praise y'all thank you for joining us for this message if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel have a great week